Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Villander. This is Mary Carrillo. This is Pam Shriver. This is Yannick Noah. Greetings from sunny Southampton. This is Forbesy with Terrier Ted and brand new granddaughter, Aria Violet Timms. And like you, we all listen to the Tennis Podcast. Well, thanks very much to Mark Forbes for our intro there. He's one of our friends of the tennis podcast, Kitman Forbesy. He is uh, on Twitter. We love Mark. Thank you very much, Mark, for your support and for becoming a friend of the tennis podcast. He might be surprised, Mark, to be hearing his intro so soon because we weren't scheduled to be coming to you with this supplementary emergency podcast. But... You might have noticed that things have been a happening in the tennis world, in just sort of the world over the past 48 hours. Seismic, seismic things. As we come to you now, Novak Djokovic is currently being detained in a government hotel in Melbourne, scheduled to be deported uh, pending an injunction hearing filed by his lawyers, which is scheduled for Monday morning Melbourne time. Now, I'm sure a lot of you will know some, all, a few of the details of what's unfolded over the last 48 hours. I'm going to try and talk you through all the important aspects of it because we want to get the facts right. I'll also try not to bore you as far as possible. Uh, we've got Matt on the show. We've also got Simon Briggs uh, Novak Djokovic and tennis politics correspondent. So uh, we're very well furnished for this emergency podcast. So last we discussed Novak Djokovic and his potential participation in this Australian Open, which we've known for a while would have a mandatory vaccination policy, was he was being cagey about the whole affair. We know that he has had publicly anti-vax stances in the past. He wouldn't be drawn, though, on whether he would be vaccinated and would be participating in this Australian Open. Well, all of that speculation was put to bed around 10.15am UK time on the 4th of January. So two days ago, as we record, Novak Djokovic posted a photo of himself on Instagram at an airport with his luggage and the very, very jolly caption read, Happy New Year, everybody. Wishing you all health, love and happiness in every present moment. And may you feel love and respect towards all beings 
on this wonderful planet. I've spent fantastic quality time with my loved ones over the break. And today I'm heading down under with, with an exemption permission. Let's go 2022. Um, so we have a winner for tweets that haven't aged well. <laughs> 2022. Uh, So that happened. That was very quickly followed by a statement from Tennis Australia confirming what he had said, which was that he would be coming and playing in the Australian Open and that uh, two independent panels had granted what he called this exemption permission, the medical exemption uh, to travel to the Australian Open, uh, to Australia despite being unvaccinated. The Victorian government also released a statement confirming um, its collaboration with Tennis Australia on the issue of medical exemptions. So Djokovic is in the air, we think on a private jet, having a lovely old time, you know, binge watching episodes of whatever Novak Djokovic might binge watch. We'll come to you for an opinion on that uh, in a bit, Simon. Uh, But Matt, quite a lot happens while Novak Djokovic is in the air binge watching insert tv show here yes i was sort of going through the timeline of it all and an extraordinary amount happened while he was in the air i think first and foremost and most importantly news of his exemption permission prompted an angry response from a lot of people in australia you know it was covered on all the morning shows um Channel 7, their Sunrise program, there was a reporter on there saying there's a large degree of cynicism here. What Tennis Australia has to do is tell us what this medical exemption is and how it came about. The people of Victoria deserve to know. Um, And another reporter on that show said it's making a mockery of all the rules. And we were seeing this sort of opinion repeated across social media as well. Um, Craig Tiley (laughs) made one of his sort of exhausted looking tv appearances uh, on the today show <laughs> doesn't he just want to retire <laughs> surely when he said that they'd received 26 applications for medical exemptions including from some support team members and that many were rejected he told reporters only a handful were accepted and he wouldn't comment specifically on djokovic's case of course but he he did stress throughout the interview on the today show that having COVID in the last six months was grounds for an exemption. Now, while all that was going on, we then had comments from the Australian Home Affairs Minister, Karen Andrews, and she suggested that the federal government could overturn Djokovic's exemption to enter Australia. I I can't believe, Matt, how many Australian politicians' names I know. (laughs) It's... It's more than I ever thought I'd know. Yes, I sort of think that they're all something to do with tennis because I only ever see them when the Australian Open is in crisis. Um, Her statement said the Victoria government and Tennis Australia may permit a non-vaccinated player to compete at the Australian Open. But it is the Commonwealth government that will enforce our requirements at the Australian border. If an arriving individual is not vaccinated, they must provide acceptable proof that they cannot be vaccinated for medical reasons to be able to access the same travel arrangements as fully vaccinated travellers. Australian Border Force will continue to ensure that those who arrive at the border comply with our strict border requirements. So this was the first real sign that Djokovic might have some trouble once he lands in Melbourne. Um, And this was then sort of extended by the comments from the Prime Minister, who said that Djokovic would need to provide acceptable proof. 
And he said during a press conference, we await his presentation and what evidence he provides us. If that evidence is insufficient, he won't be treated any differently to anyone else and he'll be on the next plane home. Mm. And and then The Age, who's done a a lot of reporting um, on this over the past few days, they report that Djokovic's team had submitted an application for the wrong type of visa, which would potentially lead to an issue at the border then, spoiler alert, there is an issue at the border. He lands. It's close to midnight, Melbourne time. Uh, becomes very clear that there's an issue to do with the evidence supporting that exemption rather than the visa. The visa thing seems to have been a red herring. Again, the age report that Djokovic is being quizzed at the airport uh, in a separate room um, about the basis for his exemption, that it may not suffice under border laws, um, and that goes on all night. He's detained there for six hours. Novak Djokovic's father uh, releases a, a pretty manic statement um, accusing the Australian uh, border controls of holding his son captive, saying if they don't let him go in half an hour, we'll gather on the street. Uh, Goran Ivanisevic, Djokovic's coach, re- releases his own rather jolly Instagram post about what a surprising trip to uh, Australia it's been so far. He says, not the most usual trip down under. Um, we get the Serbian president weighing in. He says he's just got off the phone with Novak Djokovic. Unsurprisingly, he's not happy with the whole situation. Then finally, at 8.10am local time in Melbourne on Wednesday, a reporter Paul Sakal of The Age in Melbourne says Novak Djokovic's visa has been cancelled. He's been told to leave the country today. Two sources confirmed to The Age. His lawyers are in the process of appealing. He's not demonstrated to Border Force sufficient evidence for his existence. Exemption. Prime Minister Scott Morrison confirms that his visa has been cancelled. Um, Seven News then start reporting that Tennis Australia health officials admit the expert panel examining Novak's exemption did not look at origin or veracity of health documents supporting it. Uh, Djokovic's lawyers launched an appeal. Um, that was adjourned until Monday when there will be a full hearing. Until then, as I told you about Eight minutes ago, Novak Djokovic uh, will be detained. I every time I say that word, it feels um, too much somehow, but I believe that is the situation, detained um, at the Park Hotel in Melbourne, which is also used to detain refugees and uh, asylum seekers. And in truly dystopian scenes, there are quite a lot of... Um, refugee campaigners that seem to be stationed outside that hotel on a sort of semi-permanent basis because there are quite a lot of um, asylum seekers there undergoing um, indefinite detentions. You've got these sort of Serbian protesters wrapped in Serbian flags chanting Novak Djokovic's name, this multi-millionaire that's been there one night, rubbing up against these these refugee supporter um, protesters um that have you know been there on and off for goodness knows how long it's um it's an incredibly bizarre situation um simon briggs we thought there was going to be a saga involving novak djokovic and the 2022 australian open how far beyond saga has has this all gone f- f- for everybody well, it's uh, 
an enormous mess, isn't it? Um, that everyone involved must be uh, probably hoping is going is going to go away, while knowing at the same time that it's going to be with us for for weeks, and and the, the after effects are going to last a long time. Um, the only people who perhaps will be happy, I I suppose, are people like Scott Morrison who may feel that they've got a sort of strange sort of political capital after out of um, you know victimising a guy who who was seen as so unpopular around the whole Australian nation. So maybe those guys are, are enjoying it. Perhaps it's taking a little bit of the spotlight away from the growing numbers of infections that are happening in the heartland states of Australia, but. Um, Clearly, I don't think Djokovic will be enjoying it much. Tennis Australia must be in bits. Um, and this kind of back and forth between all the different bodies, the federal government, the state government, two different medical panels, the organisers of the tournament, it's utterly baffling and abstruse. And I, I don't think anyone understands it, which is why today's reporting is kind of going back to more human stuff, like Djokovic's dad saying that he's being crucified like Jesus. And... Um, you know, discussion of the of the numbers of cockroaches roaming, roaming the, the rooms at this asylum hotel. Yes, there was a, a report today um, from Sasha Osmo, the uh, Serbian journalist on Twitter, that there were bugs in Djokovic's room. And I read that as his room had been bugged. And I thought, oh, my goodness, it's all got so even more political than I realised. But it turns out he merely meant cockroaches. Um, we think you, he did. <laughs> you it sounds from what you've just said Simon like you're pretty you're pretty certain that there are politics at play in how in how things have panned out since Novak Djokovic did that social media post announcing he was traveling to to Melbourne and since the backlash that followed it if Novak Djokovic hadn't have done that very very jolly tone deaf post if he had just taken that medical exemption boarded his plane watched his whatever he was watching and slipped in would we be in this situation now would he be in that situation now yeah i think it's definitely a, a possibility that he might have come through the airport got himself established and then he could have just sat on the questions and played them with a dead bat and no one would have known whether he'd been vaccinated whether he'd been exempted whatever um but having said that i mean I, the longer you do this job the more you realize how much uncertainty there is in any small piece of reporting and how much you need to sort of pin down before you can say anything with confidence and in this one like i say with all the moving parts i mean I, i'm not trying to report it from here ben rumsby the sports news reporter has been doing the hard nuts and bolts stuff and i've been really writing about sort of novak's character and almost the sort of shakespearean arc of this drama that has brought him to this point so i'm i'm not really involved and, and I think it's hard, particularly to be this far away, but I don't really feel like any of these questions have an answer one can say with confidence. You know, perhaps he would have arrived even under cover of darkness, as it were, and perhaps the authorities would have looked at his documentation and said, that's inadequate, mate. We all know that the Australians love a rule. Most of us have been in some sort of situation at the border at some point where we've fallen foul not quite in such a dramatic way, uh, but where we've been told that we're we're standing in the wrong place or 
I, uh, one year I took a picture of the carousel to say that I'd arrived, which was a very bad mistake because, of course, you're not allowed to take any photographs. In, um, in these Simon, I once, I once took a photo of the sign that says you're not allowed to take photos. <laughs> I obviously thought that was hilarious and Border Control did not. Yes, they, they materialised like rent a behind my right shoulder as soon as I took that photo. I couldn't believe it. Like, it came out of nowhere. Went through my 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 camera phone to make sure that I, I wasn't keeping it somewhere hidden and, and going to use it for the basis of terrorist activity at some point in the future. So we all know that the Australians are not the most flexible, uh, certainly when, when they're dealing with bureaucracy. I mean, I think I wrote one of my pieces that there's not much that can stop Novak, but, you know, if you're talking about um, the unstoppable force and the unbreakable object or whatever it is, it, the, the Australian bureaucracy is about as near as you can come to an opponent worthy of him. Um, and it's, it's it's certainly proving that way with this court case coming up, sort of two titans of, of, of uh, our experience as tennis reporters coming head to head. Yeah, we've all had to learn quite a lot of acronyms over the past few days, haven't we? Matt, you're, um, you're an attention to detail guy. Is this all going to come down? I realise, I realize, by the way, as I say this, that I'm throwing you the really, really horrible question here. So apologies in advance, Matt. Um, is Monday's hearing... Is it all going to boil down to whether it is a valid medical exemption to have had COVID in the last six months, whether that is a valid medical exemption for not having been vaccinated? Obviously, the answer is I don't know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I do think that does appear to be, you know, the sort of crux of the issue here. Um, If that is the case, then we... We understand and the matter is further complicated by the fact that Tennis Australia is believed to have granted exemption letters to other individuals for the same reason that they've granted it to Novak Djokovic. And those people, we think it might be a split of players and officials, have got through and the Australian border forces are now sort of retrospectively investigating those cases as well so if that is the issue there's a there's a lot more at play here I think than just Novak Djokovic as well um but yes I do think that is the sort of problem here based on the reporting we have currently yeah it it, it, what we have currently is is evidence in the Tennis Australia and Victorian government details. Um, they were the they were the two independent panels that reviewed reviewed these applications, and in those, it said a, an infection in the last six months was a valid reason for a medical exemption. However, the age of published letters that were sent by the federal government to Tennis Australia. Um, stating very clearly that um, infection within the last six months was not a contraindication for vaccination. And, I mean, frankly, we all know that if... The facts are, Simon, that if that is the exemption that was being used, whether he had the documentation for it or not, it's being reported by the age that the reason that he's in detention, that his visa was revoked, is because the... The, the paperwork wasn't sufficient. The evidence to support the exemption was minimal, is the word that's being used, and was supported by only one doctor. That's what the age is saying. But whether or not that's the case, it's a loophole, isn't it, Simon? I mean, we, yeah. I mean, we know that Novak Djokovic doesn't want to take the vaccine and he would be exploiting a loophole. I think we know that as much as we can know anything. And it certainly feels like it's not in the spirit of the whole enterprise if he's, let's say picked up a 
you know, a couple of days of Omicron in December and said, oh, hang on, I can go now. It feels wrong because he's had, uh, I think, uh, I think Rafael Nadal almost made this point today, didn't he? He's had more than 18 months opportunity to fall in line and do what Tennis Tour is asking people to do. He has um, 95 rivals from the world's top 100, according to the ATP, who have done so. Um, we know that Tennis Sangren is one of the, those who haven't. We don't know who the other three are. But um, you know, it's possible that... Um, well, it doesn't. It doesn't feel likely, does it? That any of them have strong medical grounds. If they're, if they're top hundred tennis players, it seems unlikely they have strong medical grounds to say that I'm not healthy enough to have the vaccine. Otherwise, being in that position and not and being able to maintain a position in the world's top hundred tennis players seems counterintuitive. So you'd have to imagine that there are five holdouts on ethical or, or philosophical grounds. Um, <clears throat> but those. Those players should have done what Tennis Sangrin did and said, "I'm not going." That's that's what they should have done. So, I mean, I'm I'm not particularly impressed by the way that this has been handled down under, but neither am I impressed by trying to get in on the on the exemption. Um, I just it doesn't doesn't seem to be in the spirit of the enterprise. Yeah, I think the thing is nobody is blameless in this in this saga. Really, I think you know if, if we look at all the separate entities involved tennis australia exactly as you're saying they're trying to push through having a covid infection in the last six months as a valid reason for a medical exemption that isn't in the spirit as you said that should be for people who want to take the vaccine and have been denied that opportunity whereas we know novak djokovic doesn't fall into that category the federal government i think should have stepped in earlier you know if 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 they if they were going to be checking documents they needed to do that before he got on the plane and arrived in australia and i think there's a lot of there's a lot of opinion out there that they've done it exactly as you said for political gain rather than for sort of health reasons off the back of djokovic's instagram post they've sort of changed their approach they've decided to get more involved rather than leaving it to tennis australia and the victorian government and they've done it for political reasons and that's you know i think that's been criticized as well but ultimately the most certainty we have here the one thing we do know is that djokovic brought this on himself by not being vaccinated and still trying to come to the australian open there's a very simple rule for entering australia it's to be vaccinated and if you try and have it both ways, you're opening yourself up to getting involved in a drama like this. So do I think he's been sort of strung along by Tennis Australia and the Victorian government giving him guarantees that he could genuinely get into into Australia with no problem? Yes. Do I think he's been, you know, sort of publicly humiliated, really, by the politics of the federal government? Yes. Do I have concerns over whether... Others have been allowed in with the same exemption and he hasn't. Yes. But does my sympathy only stretch so far? Because the primary reason for all this is that he's not vaccinated. Yes. He could have avoided this by doing the sensible, smart, safe thing to do in the middle of the pandemic, which is getting the vaccine. Or accepted the consequences of not Or stand down. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, very, very well, very well put. There's, there's a lot of there's a lot of 
speculation, Simon, about, you know, regardless of how Monday's hearing plays out, um, what this does to, to his legacy, you know, not to mention his his quest for for 21 Grand Slams, 10 Australian Opens. You wrote a really interesting piece yesterday about how this is entirely in character for, for Novak Djokovic. It, from, the, from the sounds of your piece yesterday, which I'm sure you can go into a bit more detail for us, this for you perhaps won't affect his legacy maybe because this is this is just the man that we've wrestled with for the past 15 years is it is it like when they say that um a politician's behavior has been priced in yes a little bit like that that's what everybody is saying on the new statesman podcast yes yeah well i think it's priced in a little bit with novak so um there's been a lot of chat whether he was going to go or not. I, I, the one thing I just could never see him backing down on, on, on having the jab. I just couldn't see that that U-turn because he just doesn't do that. You know, he sticks to his guns. He doesn't listen. And, and not listening is a great asset in a lot of ways. You know, how many athletes who, or sportsmen who've done quite well but not quite made it have said, I wish I hadn't listened to that coach who told me that my backlift was slightly off, you know. He's somebody who's, who has always believed in his method. He has gone outside and got consultants in and, and made the most of them, but it's always been on his terms. Everything's on his terms. He's got that incredible self-belief, which extends to stubbornness, and they, they go together, and he wouldn't be the player that he is without that. So I couldn't see him backing down, and you know, it's that inability to see the world from anyone else's perspective which led him to send that tweet which made it sound as if he was expecting a chorus of um, joy and happiness. And I guess he was because he lives in an echo chamber and, you know, all his army of fans would have gone um, Edemo Nole or whatever this is that they say. I'm sure I pronounced that wrong. Sorry, folks. But um, Yeah, that, that'll be what draws the ire of the Nole fam. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that'll be it. I need to go out, no doubt. But uh, it's just... Um, so in character, um, but you know, also what is in character is him getting his way, <laughs> and that's sort of the extraordinary. It's so dislocating to see him stopped in his tracks by politicians, um, and, and then, as you say, to use his words like detainment, deportation, is completely like you've wandered out of one genre. You're watching, you're watching the cricket highlights, and suddenly you're on Miss Marple. It's, it's just it's just it's just crossed into a completely different world and and you know, feel a bit uh, ill-equipped like i say reporting wise i can i can handle tennis australia maybe i kind of know a little bit about how they operate but when it comes to the federal government in victoria i'm pretty much up the spout you know you touched on it there i think the thing which makes djokovic so complex i i find is that the character traits which define his success on the court, which bring him success on the court, are the same ones which lead to his downfall off the court. You know, we've seen it before, you know, in terms of... I always remember the US Open last uh, in 2020 with, with that default he received. I thought that stemmed from from his, you know, his on-court fire, his on-court passion. He needs that to play well. But the other side of the coin is that it caused him to do what he did. And here it's, as you said, this, the, the single-mindedness, the not seeing it from other people's perspective, the 
yeah, the self-belief that he can just turn up unvaccinated at one of the strictest borders in the world and get his way and not face opposition. And yet to see him actually face the opposition is sort of just out of the ordinary, I suppose. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Assuming this decision is is not overturned and, you know, that seems to be a legal issue that I, I, I'm not going to even throw Matt under the bus with, with speculating how that might go. But, you know, the current state of affairs is that he is to be deported. So let's assume that that remains the state of affairs. We'll, of course, keep you posted. Um, what now? What on earth does this do to Novak Djokovic and the various quests that he's on and the tennis season and the Australian Open I mean, it's it's hard to imagine a future beyond the deportation of the world number one from the Grand Slam at which he's aiming to make history. But here we are. <laughs> Let's try and imagine it. Well, that was another of the extraordinary things. At the same time all of this was happening, President Macron in France was talking about wanting to piss off. That was the translation in the, in the English media. I think he used MRD, the verb. Great verb. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, he was talking about wanting to put in measures that, you know, piss off unvaccinated people in France. The next Grand Slam is Roland Garros. And I think that's the point here. This is a massive issue now. It's quite likely to continue being an issue through the rest of the season. You know, what is what is the long game? What is the end game here for Djokovic if he isn't vaccinated? How long before Boris Johnson makes a statement 
saying he welcomes he welcomes Novak Djokovic with open arms. The tel- the Telegraph must know, Simon. You've got a oh, direct no, line to Boris, right? We've, t- we've turned on him a little bit. We decided that his feelings are no longer priced in, so he's now in <laughs> uh, in the doghouse as far as Telegraph is concerned. But um, I mean, the other thing is, if, if let's say he wins on on Monday, and I, and I can't, I don't have any sense either way. Um, let's say he wins on Monday, and then he wins following Monday, then he keeps on winning until Sunday in three weeks' time. I mean, it's going to feel pretty weird, isn't it? He's not going to be the most popular champion, and there he will be moving ahead of Roger and Rafa to 21 Grand Slams in a moment that was supposed to be a celebration of everything that tennis stands for, and it's just going to be massively tarnished by this whole brouhaha. Is is the whole of the next fortnight going to feel weird now regardless? I mean, usually, you know, in the moment we think that these brouhaha's, as you say, are, are seismic and then it's it's incredibly it's incredible how quickly we all move on from them and, you know, just tennis happens. Mm. It is so hard to imagine that happening regardless of the outcome of Monday in, in this case, isn't it? I mean, it could happen, but it's hard to feel like this is just going to be a normal Australian Open. Mm. Well, I mean, it's already going to be pretty strange, isn't it? Because um, there's going to be a lot of people with... Um, some form of uh, handicap from having had the bug or picking it up along the way or um, form, form is going to be inexplicable. Um, but yeah, I, I, I suppose you judge it by the number of times that you feel you've got to put a paragraph in pointing out that you know the runaway favourite and, and the most successful player on this court isn't, isn't here because of extraordinary reasons. Or indeed is here, despite extraordinary reasons, <laughs> depending on the outcome. Um, it, that paragraph is going to be appearing an awful lot, which is probably um, going to run out of different ways to say it. But uh, um, I think it's going to be difficult to get everyone's focus back on on the tennis court. There's going to be a lot of frustration as well from all those people who always complain when we get diverted by these kind of extraordinary um stories about individuals and their kind of extracurricular activities or their their, their rows and bust-ups and then say what we want to know about forehands and backhands. There's going to be a lot of that going on in the next two, three weeks as well. Just in terms of what it does to Djokovic, just another thought that comes to me, you know, like irrespective of the outcome on Monday, assuming he is able to keep playing, you know, the Grand Slams this year, he is he is a fascinating case study because he... He has always had an ability to block out what, whatever is going on and not let it affect his performance on the court. He's, he's, he's been unbelievable at doing that. I mean, there have been moments, I think, where sort of everything around him has caught up with him and affected his performance. But generally, he's been a sort of lightning rod for controversy a lot. There have been acts of self-sabotage and these sort of blunders along the way his his sort of PR has been an all-time low and he's returned to winning ways on the court I I just wonder whether this is whether this is so big you know everyone is talking about this this is this is stretched way beyond tennis this is you know I mentioned his default at the US Open that felt like a massive massive deal at the time and I think the effects of that did linger for a few months 
But now, sort of the time has been a bit of a healer for that. And okay, it's an important note in his career, but we've sort of forgotten about it with everything he went on to do last year in the slams. And I don't know, this is just that times 100. This is this is an order of magnitude bigger than that. So I'm sort of fascinated from that perspective, what it does to Djokovic's psyche in the next few months as well. Simon, when do you fly? And is it a plane with Wi-Fi? Um, yeah, I, I was thinking that same question today because I'm flying on Monday. So uh, I imagine that the verdict will be in Monday morning, our time. I think about 9.30 flight in the morning, assuming that I've How passed, quickly can you type? I pass all the checks. But as I say, Ben Rumsby has been, been doing a lot of the, the hard lifting. I've been falling around and uh, pontificating on, on wider issues of character and motivation and... Uh, and uh, it's been been quite lazy, really. So um, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I'll certainly be ch- checking out that. Um, <laughs> we went to Indian Wells in um, in September. It was the same that we were, we were all writing about Emma Raducanu and trying to write on the plane, and it turned out that uh, they'd forgotten to fit the Wi-Fi box at the front. So uh, we all had to keep our counsel for twelve or thirteen hours. Always reassuring when they've forgotten to fit a, a bit of kit on the onto the plane that you're you're travelling in. That is uh, that's exactly what you want to hear. Um, I think he was travelling on commercial. I think he was on Emirates from Dubai to oh. uh, to Melbourne. Um, and and what one last bit of pontificating, Simon? What what might he have been binge watching? Yeah, I was thinking about that. Do you think maybe the um, what's, what's the Sex and the City reboot called? Oh, God, that's not where I thought you were going to go. <laughs> um, right. OK. Yes. And just like that, it's quite And just like that. Though. Thank you. It's quite rubbish. <laughs> I hope that wasn't the last thing he watched before all hell broke loose. I can still see him lifting the trophy on Rod Laver Arena and then dedicating it to the, the cockroaches of the Carlson Plaza. Uh, you know, as, as, as the the memory that kept him motivated. I mean, he is pretty good at turning um, frustration and, and anger into fuel, as indeed um, was Andy Murray during his, his greatest years. It's a talent they shared, so I could see that happening. Don't you have a long-running joke in the British press pack, Simon, about there never being a calm build-up to the Australian Open? Like, every year something happens whether it the yeah whether it be the match fixing a few years ago Murray's press conference bushfires yeah. this is just different yeah, I think the joke, joke is a little strong but we, we, we just I, I guess it, every year we sort of look at each other and say we must be due a quiet one right <laughs> how's that going <laughs> um well Simon travel safely uh rest up because I don't think it is going to be a quiet one Thank you very much uh, for joining us at short notice and giving us your thoughts on um, a quite extraordinary and still developing story. Um, I I can't quite believe uh, that we're bringing you a podcast entitled Djokovic Detained, but here we are. Um, We're trying to, (laughs) we're trying to bring you as much detail as possible without sort of boring you to death. But um, I hope you'll understand why, you know, we want to get the facts of it all straight. Um, We'll be back on Monday with our scheduled weekly show. And don't worry, we'll be bringing you up to date with any and all developments in this situation before then. Um, We've also got a new Friends of the Podcast show that we'll be bringing out 
tomorrow. That'll be my first Australian Open. Uh, we've got a couple of Tennis Relived episodes coming out next week for Friends of the Pod as well. So, so much content coming to you. And who knows, potentially more emergency podcasts. Um, we have two executive producers. They are Chris Albert Lee, top bloke, and Kyle Weingartner, who doesn't have um, a title yet. But Kyle, we will work on it. Uh, and in, as an interim title, I'm going to call you also a top bloke. Um, but don't worry, Chris Albert Lee, you are still the original, the OG top bloke. Uh, we have our mascot, mascot Colin, the Fox Red Labrador, same mascot uh, is that we had on Monday. Hello, lovely Colin. We have our mascots. I've got Carter. David's got Darwin. Matt's got Gerald. Uh, Billy Jean has Billy Jean King and Alana Kloss. And uh, yes, <laughs> we'll be back on Monday with our next weekly tennis podcast thank you simon thank you matt david will be back soon we'll speak to you then mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market want flexibility take yoga want flexibility with your health insurance check out united healthcare insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company they offer flexible budget-friendly medical dental and vision coverage that may be right for you more at uh1.com <laughs> 